morning, Cam. Morning, Grant. We are on the 28th of February, on the eve of March, which is scary as. It really is. And we've just had a discussion this morning about getting the new financial year planning underway, new budgets, new person potentially joining the team, lots of interesting stuff going on. So I think it's an interesting time now for um, anyone listening who's a business owner to um, look at what that new financial year looks like, I guess. Not just from a numbers point of view, but uh, what you want to achieve in a new financial year. What you're going to change, or what's the old, uh, what you're going to start doing, what you're going to stop doing, what you're going to continue doing. Because, uh, you know, the whole business as usual thing doesn't really fly nowadays. Because someone will come and gobble you up or disrupt your industry or something like that. So I think it's a really good time to actually look at uh, what are you doing, good, bad or indifferent. See what you can change, see what your goals are. See if your goals are aligned. I read a great article by, uh, I think it's Rob Nixon, who's a specialist in helping accountants grow their businesses on LinkedIn yesterday. Uh, and how he had found over oh, a long period, maybe over 20 years globally of helping, I think something like 175,000 accountancy businesses. He's super specialized. In, he, in his experience, there were a lot of accountancy businesses and they op op often operate in partnership model like as lawyers, like lawyers do. And that the number uh, changes coming up to new financial years or the years that they run their numbers against um, are often really arbitrary and they run run the wrong models and in fact they sort of end up putting a lot more cost into the business to get a very little return from that thought it was really interesting in that you know an industry that is so numbers led that you'd have thought their methodologies would be really tight and understand how they drive growth so I think that's a really important lesson is that just putting more more on the table isn't necessarily a way of creating better profit um, well, I, I compare it to websites and throwing, you can throw as much traffic at your website as possible, mm. spent or unspent. If your website, website's not set up to convert that traffic, then nothing's going to fall out the other end. If you optimize your website like you would optimize the internals for your business, then you, you can have the same number of leads or the same amount of money spent on your marketing, but by optimizing internally, you've got a lot more coming out the other end and it's you know, growing your business from the inside out instead of just deciding, hey, we'll just throw more money in it and see what happens. Isn't it way more, con you know, like if we think back when we met you many, many years ago, you know, you were in the SEO space, a specialist, and back then it really always seemed to be about traffic, whereas nowadays it's, it's so much more complicated in that, you know, people have more choice, um, certainly in the likes of New Zealand, but, you know, we, we're not confined to you know, geographical boundaries for purchasing and services, etc., or anything really nowadays. So I think when it comes down to traffic, it's not only understanding where the traffic's coming from, their intent, where they sit in the buying cycle, how they like to convert, when they're gonna convert, what stories are told, what visuals are used, what experience they have, how they're responded to in customer service. I mean, it's a huge minefield, really, isn't it? Whereas I remember, I do remember in the days where it was all about traffic, wasn't it? Everyone just looked at how many people were on the site well, and, yeah. because they were lucky enough to convert into a few dollars. Back in the days, most websites were pretty same-same. They were brochure sites. Mm. You got just the same info from one site as you did another. These days, obviously, there are more sites online, more competitors. 
if someone's getting a better experience on another website on a competitor site, um, they're more likely to stick with them. Um, if they're getting the information they want from a competitor site that you don't have, then they're more likely to stick with them. And it's all about, you know, with the websites and um, it, conversion rate optimization type stuff, it's all about gaining trust and being seen as an authority and a leader in your niche. And that's, you know, if your competitors are doing that better than you are, then they're going to benefit better than you are. There's also the external factors. I mean, there's so many businesses now. I mean, here, an abundance of stories of people who drive businesses from Instagram, you know, Instagram straight into a payment gateway or into a into a Squarespace or a Shopify. I mean, I think you know the uh, the old model of how good your website is kind of doesn't feel like it's the thing anymore. I mean, like even things like what we're doing now, the podcast, has been a fascinating journey um, in that you know how we resource that. It's a daily thing. You know the technology you need, the distribution methodology you use, and that's creating a different kind of insight into the people we can talk to, not from a just direct conversion point of view, but from a high-level business brand and personal brand is absolutely fascinating. I mean, we've only been doing this for a week and a half now, but we're seeing traffic grow significantly. We're seeing. Uh, nearly every day we're getting people commenting on it in some way or sharing insights or etc um, so even that's fascinating isn't it because that sits in SoundCloud sits on iTunes and we're still reaching an audience so we're not even doing we're not even playing in the Google space we're playing on other platforms but I think the the thing that people are really challenged with is the time the time to explore some of these things that are on the fringes of a sale but they may set up a sale for 18 months time, not now. Yeah. And I think the obsession with a sale now kind of, I don't know, for some businesses it's not the reality. Whereas, I mean, or well, saying, saying that though, you know, a software client who their lead time can be up to two to three years or the buying cycle can be up to two to three years. Whereas now, because of the way they're communicating, you know, they're getting a lead a week two leads a week which which doesn't sound a lot but actually for them it's actually really complex because of the costs involved for the software um, that's almost too much it's a it's a funny thing and we were talking about the other day people's obsession with the wrong numbers so people obsession with I you know my website gets 3,000 hits a day or whatever but they're obsessed with that metric versus the 1% close rate at well, that's a, it's $3. not it's what are you doing with those 3,000 and where are they ending up? Yeah. If they're bouncing straight off your site, then you know, those numbers are just bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's like anything now. You look, at, you look at so much online, there's so many vanity metrics around. And it's just, I just find it absolutely fascinating because the reality is vanity metrics don't drive business. No, and, and the thing too is, you know, you can throw all the traffic in the world to a site. It's really, you know, I'd rather have 10 qualified people visit my site than hundred rubbish pieces of traffic that are totally irrelevant mm. and are going to bounce off and that's you know that's where you've got to think about your spend with I remember some clients back in previous days where you know they were just obsessed with the amount of traffic that Google AdWords was throwing at the site hey look the AdWords traffic has dropped so yeah the traffic's dropped but hey look you've got 10 more leads come through the door this week than you did previously because those the traffic's more relevant 
Well, you said something the other day, like with a client internationally, we, you were saying we st- we managed to identify an area that there was sort of what that wasn't working for them. So when you dropped that, tweaked another area, you know, the conversion went through the roof. So by stopping do some doing something, actually increase somewhere else rather than laying it too thin. Yeah, that's that a, it's also it's almost like the, the low hanging fruit stuff. Some people say, well, it's doing all right, so let's focus on the stuff that's not doing all right. So like, hey. Why don't you just knock that on the head? Mm. Throwing more money at it, it's just going to be throwing more money down the drain. Take that budget and throw it into the stuff that's already working for you. It's just and just double down on what that's works. That's it. And you know you can work on the other stuff in the background in the meantime to see what you can do to, to help fix it. But yeah, focus on what's working at the at the time. And maybe that's a good um, circle back to how we started today. In that, when you're planning for the new financial year or whatever. Um, whatever um, time spans you use to run your business on, is really start, go, well, what is working? You know, what should we continue to do and what can we double down on and what we shouldn't be doing because it doesn't work or it's ineffective or costly or whatever. Um, and and start there rather than, you know, a negative because just growing or just like, you hear so many times people want to just double the business but they don't really know why or, they don't really know how because you know if you try and double the business on an old factory methodology, often you might be tripling your costs. Well, that's it. You break the business in the process. Yeah, and you know, and that's not much fun. I can speak from experience on that one. So yeah, so look at what you're doing well. Look at what you're not doing so well. And sometimes it's just stopping doing stuff is the best course of action. It's not just carrying on. Stop doing it. Work out what works and do more of that. But also in that um, vein, don't get complacent with that because if the market changes, you've got to have a plan B. So having sometimes having the right plate spinning is the best policy. It is. And if the odd one falls, as long as you know it's going to fall or you can plan the fall, then you can put a cushion under it. And I think that's good for today. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we'll ramble on for hours, won't we, Cam? <laughs> That sounds good to me. Okay. All right. Have a good day, everyone. If you're working on budgets, good luck. Have fun. See ya.